When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're talking real money. Hey, hi, welcome back. I'm Don McDonald over there. Over there. Right there, I see him. There he is. Tom Cock. This is Talking Real Money. The show, then the podcast. And uh, by the way, we, we have a lot of podcasts for you to listen to, if you want to listen to our podcast. How many? How many do we have 1,038. <laughs> There are people that have heard every one, and bless you. 1,038. I know. It is unbelievable. We got our little tribe. Bogle's got his tribe. Our tribe's smaller, but they're tenacious. Yeah, boy. They are tenacious. (laughs) There are not very many of them. No, there's quite a few of you. I think last week we had like uh, probably about over 100,000 downloads last week, like 120,000 wow. downloads, so that's pretty good. We're no Taylor Swift, but we're trying hard. We're trying. Hey, um, you know the stock market's been down, right? Yeah, we know that, too. You know the bond market's been down, too, right? What has that done to a lot of people, Tom? Scared them. Scared them. Frightened. It has really scared the heck out of a lot of people, and... Um, I get it. I get it. We're we're emotional creatures. And we want things we can't have too. We're 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 um we're big believers. <laughs> like a car. Yeah, like a like a car in 2023. No, you can't have it till 2024. Like uh you know like uh, wealth without risk. We want high returns yeah. and absolute uh-huh. safety. We yep. want um you know we want chocolate cake or some of us some of us want Strawberry rhubarb pie at the same all day. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we we want a lot of things we can't have. But that doesn't stop people who sell products from promising us things that, well, aren't as good as they sound. And, and that is, the, is why that's the pitch yeah, for right. annuities. It is. I mean, this is why consumers are on pace. Listen to this number: to buy almost three hundred billion with a B. Dollars worth of annuities in 2022. Wait a minute, that's not 300 billion with a Q. Seriously, <laughs> these, are, these are annuities, of course, that do what you just mentioned, give you the return of the market, Don. Well, without that, any of the risk. That's some that's of them. That's what I'm always looking for. The, the, that's, they, not, that's not all. That's that's, that's true. Uh, but the numbers are astounding. Uh, that this is the most ever, of course. The record was. Take a guess. The year the record uh, happened before for annuity sales. Uh, 2008. Yeah, you're. You're a genius. You're I, I don't so know how I how figured you know that out. Uh, we, we did not take this up before the program. Uh, and the author of this article kindly points out that purchasing decisions, here's a quote, seem largely guided by fear of volatility in the stock market. Right. There's so, always should be fear of volatility because the stock market is volatile. Insurance agents but, and stockbrokers of America, yeah. thank you for your emotional <laughs> reaction. <laughs> and the, the two big sellers, of course, are the 
fixed rate deferred annuity. Now, that's something where you give an insurance company. I'm okay with that one generally. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Generally. I can live with that. I cannot live with, nor will I accept, indexed annuities. No, because they are they are based on a lie. You see, that's the problem with them. A fixed annuity is based on, well, truth to some extent. Now, there are things that are get your money back. You're gonna, yeah. yeah. Well, you should as long as the insurance company survives. And then, then that's another thing about insurance deals. How many other people? It's not. It, this would be like a bank saying, "Hey." We guarantee you're going to get your money back, and we don't have any FDIC insurance. Well, remember the the, the 30s, the 20s and the late 20s and the early 30s, mid-30s, when banks mm. promised you all your money back, but there was no FDIC? Remember what happened? Didn't turn out Yeah, well. it didn't turn out so well. I, it really bothers me that insurance companies can say, we guarantee your money back, because the guarantee is really only as good as the quality of the company. But other annuities are just badly sold and that's that's our big beef with them we don't have any problem with products that are sold with 100 percent transparency where everything is disclosed up front both verbally and in writing 855-935-TALK tom and don are talking real money your guides to a really great financial future tom and don are talking real money before the break, we were talking about how uh, annuities are on a, a, a torrid pace of sales, you know, setting new records. Uh, they haven't seen levels of sales like this since 2008, but it's curious. I'm oh, by look- the way, rings a bell. Just want to make sure people remember 2008. That was, um, oh, that's right, when yeah. the market tanked. Yeah, that, that was a yeah. tanker. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. That was a tanker that ran aground. Um, yep. But it's very interesting. I'm looking at this article from CNBC that you're referring to. And this paragraph says a lot. It says, meanwhile, while their record sales for fixed annuities and indexed annuities, meanwhile, mm-hmm. consumers are shying away from variable annuities, which are directly tied to the performance of the stock market. Now, of course, after huge fees of up to maybe 4%, uh, so there's not much left. And, and it's funny, the, it's funny, funny, funny. When you look at all of these products, the net result, the, the net return is almost the same in all of them. Whether you get a fixed annuity or an yep. index annuity or a variable annuity, the net return to investors runs in that 3 to 5% yeah, range exactly. generally, no matter which and product does, you buy. And does that sound like the return of stocks, 3 to 5% a year? No. It hasn't been. No, it hasn't. The, the yeah. other thing that I, I, I chuckle at is – it says the average age of of age of indexed annuity buyers <laughs> that, yeah. is about sixty three years old, and the mm-hmm, author says yeah. that suggests they are worried about the prospect of losing money as they approach retirement. Ah, uh, no, you know it's at that age you're particularly susceptible to the allure of a free steak dinner. That is when it's the they know how to get you. It's the free Ruth's Chris dinner. That's what's gonna gonna or Fleming's or whatever it is. That's how they're gonna okay. get you. So this is a good opportunity if you're feeling weak need after the free steak dinner, right? That's a good opportunity because think back to 2008. It was a tough, if you're 63, you can remember 2008, 2009. Yeah. It was a tough time. Yeah. I mean, we headed into a nasty 
Great Recession, whatever you want to call it. Markets went down. But what happened after that? Uh, and, and what after that, you were probably hmm. so glad you went into that low-rate annuity because yeah. for the next 10 years, the market, oh, wait, it didn't tank? No. Oh, you mean it went straight up. up? And up and up again. I mean, this is the problem is you get sold something at a moment of incredible weakness. Uh, you mentioned something about being – you know, uh, emotional beings. Yeah. And people go into these things, not realizing that this too shall pass. I don't know when in the six experts we talked about recently, they don't know when, but it will. And then you're going to be thinking, why did I buy this expensive annuity that I really just did because I was so scared? Why didn't I just maintain my discipline and keep investing the right way for me? But yeah, the good news is still not enough of you are doing that. 855-935-TALK is our phone number, 855-935-8255. You can call us during the show with your questions, or you can call us anytime and leave your question like this. Hi, my name is uh, Angel, and um, I have a question as to uh, my finances. Um, I'm currently renting an apartment and um, sold my house uh, during the when our bridge went down in West Seattle. So I'm spending about sixty thousand dollars a year on rent and just living expenses. Um, I have some apartment buildings in San Francisco that I'm a partner in that are for sale, but we haven't been able to sell them. And now with the rising um, interest rates. Um, it doesn't look likely that we're going to be selling them. And I, I'm a small investor. Um, I've invested um, about 500000 So, um, And then also I have 750000 in a uh, money with a money manager. And then um, let's see. I also have uh, about 200000 just sitting in cash. So my question is, I have not paid rent since I was in my 20s. I'm 63, and I'm not working right now. Um, So I'm wondering if I should pull the money out um, of the, I don't know, somewhere and buy a home. I doubt if I would get a loan because I don't have income. I actually have lived in a different country for the last two years, so I haven't. I haven't worked and uh, no income history. So thank you so much. I hope you can answer my question. Bye. Well, wow, there's a lot okay, there. there. But, there's a, but the, the basic question, though, it's really simple. Rent yeah. or buy. And this is a, yeah. a question that plagues everybody who's looking to put a roof over their head, which is pretty much everybody. The, there is you mentioned no, something about emotional. It Exactly. Renting or buying is, is a yeah. totally emotional thing and the reality you stated your reality the reality is you probably can't qualify for a mortgage because you don't have income and if there's going to be an all-cash deal then where's that money coming from well and here's the thing at 63 don't go buy an annuity even though that's the average age now uh all kidding aside you need liquidity because you well, she's are got 200k to- in liquidity 
But I'm saying, though, in a general sense, here's I always advise people in their 60s to hang on to their liquidity because you're going to need that to pay the light bill wherever you live in the next 20 years. Right. And and if your total expenses, living expenses in a year are $60,000 and you're renting and you live comfortably, you live in a place that you are comfortable living. There's nothing in the world wrong with renting. There is no reason why everybody in America needs to own a house. Now the only, I don't like throwing money down the yeah, it's, whatever. Yeah, we, Don, come on. You're, if you at seven percent interest, which is the mortgage rate these days, you're throwing Crazy. a lot of money down the tubes. That's a lot point. of money because remember, yeah. for most of us, that interest rate deduction doesn't mean much. No, not capped at ten thousand. Yeah, right? 10, it, it's yeah. and plus with the standard deduction. So here's the yeah. thing: you've got very reasonable expenses. You got a million dollars in in relatively liquid money from which you can derive the income to pay those, plus you've got your Social Security and the like. Uh, then the only prop, the only thing I have a problem with is that damn San Francisco thing. Well, but if you either no. you sell it or you don't. Well, but here's what bothered me about it. She said, we've been trying to sell it. Well, things have been tough in no, rates lately. Everything can sell at the right price. The I reason see. it She's didn't gotta... sell is because whomever is trying to sell it believes it's worth more than the market believes it to be worth. And the reality is it's worth what somebody will pay for it. And I know you're a minority investor, but I would push them to either liquidate some of your, to buy you out. Which they could do. Sure. Which they could yeah. do or to get mm -hmm. it sold at whatever price, because you have too much, way too much of your future tied up in some very, very illiquid, oh my gosh, real estate. And the other part of this is something that we have talked about ad nauseum on this program, and that is in terms of where you live. That should be a lifestyle decision, not a financial one generally. Nothing in wrong. other words, people think, I got to own a house, I got to own a house. Well, why no. do you got to own a house? You know, that's not necessary. You can you could rent and be very happy renting. If it wasn't for the psychological benefit to my wife, I'd be renting because I got too much money in this darn house. I don't like having money tied up like that. And you've got a lot tied up and you'd have even more tied up in a house. I don't think it makes economic sense. Thanks for the call. Tom and Don are talking real money. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Give us a call at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. I'm Don, that's Tom. We're talking real money. And we, of course, want to talk real money with you because it's your real money that we're trying to help you save, grow better, and um, protect. There's a lot of people from whom you need protecting. There, yeah, too, too, sadly, too, too too many. So, give us a call eight five five nine three five talk. You can also send your questions in for answering on podcasts or occasionally on the show. Send those into talkingrealmoney.com on the contact form, like the one Tom has in his grubby little hands. Yeah, this is <laughs> you're clean. This is uh, this is from William in uh, Doswell, Virginia. Do you know Doswell, Wait, Virginia? Do you're how's kind it of spelled? D o s W-E-L-L? -L? No, I know, I know Taswell. I don't know Daswell. Doswell. I thought you would be a guy who would know that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he writes, hi, Don and Tom. Well, I actually wrote Got Tom it. and Don, but I tried to make you feel better. Oh, I was going to say uh, he had the right order, but he didn't. Okay. <laughs> I'm working to revise my portfolio to better match the principles I learned from listening to your show. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of merging toward Paul Merriman's 10 fund 
buy and hold portfolio, which are available at paulmerriman.com. To that end, I sold Windsor 2. The family? He sold the Windsor family. I didn't know you could do that. No, no, no Windsor no, no. 2, the which Vanguard, is a mutual fund Windsor. at Vanguard. Pardon me. Yeah. Since, since, in his words, it is actively managed yep, and purchased VVIAX, which is the Vanguard Value Fund, which is an index fund with a much lower expense ratio. Was this a smart move? Then he went into which one is down more, which one's down less, yeah, et cetera. But, okay, but Windsor, two, two, Windsor 2 has a... Uh, about a third of a percent expense ratio. Um, but VVIAX. VV, I have to look how up. How much? VV. I could look it up. VV but they're two different type of funds, are they not? When Other than the active management. The, the Vanguard, the VVIAX is the Vanguard Value Index. That is yep, an index. That's right. And its expense ratio is three tenths, is 30 one hundredths of 1% less. It's 0. 0.05 rather than 0. 0.0 or 0. 0.35. So it's a lot, lot, lot cheaper. The, okay, point um, zero, zero five. The interesting thing is that Vanguard Windsor 2 does skew slightly toward value. It does have yeah. a slight value tilt, and it's very large cap. The Vanguard Value Index itself has a larger value skew. And, and it's about the same that capitalization. It's, a value fund. it's about the same capitalization. But it's going to own more stocks. Uh, oh, it, well, let's see. It has 344. In which one? VVIAX? Yeah, in VVIAX. It has 344. Windsor has got to have fewer than that. Because Windsor remember, two, it's basically choosing from the S&P 500 for all intents and purposes. Yeah, large and companies. Windsor 2 has 175, so about half. So twice as many. Yeah. So Okay, so cheaper, greater diversification, more of a tilt to value. And the most important part, one is an index fund which we do talk about regularly on this program because we like them. The other one is actively managed. Right. Well, why do we like index funds over actively managed, though? Everything we know says you will end up with more money. You are likely to end up with more money. Yeah. The the reason being that, and and it's really basically the fee, that 30 basis points, sorry to use basis points, but that 30 basis point additional fee sucks one-third of the return off, even if they do exactly the same. But the other problem is an actively managed fund also trades more internally, and this is not reflected in the fees. They are buying and selling more often, incurring bid bid spread asks, uh, bid bid ask spreads that impact your value. So have to be um, careful the way you say that. Yeah, uh, and I didn't do it well. Uh, let's. I just want to look though at the performance of the two. Vanguard Windsor. You did, while two. you're doing that, if I can mention the other reason that I would prefer to own twice as many stocks. Yeah. It's less risk. It oh, really has I, to I be. I totally agree. I totally. It yeah. really has to be because you're holding twice as many securities, right? So if something bad happens to, well, you saw it this week, right? Hmm. Amazon had kind of a tough time. Isn't there the former Facebook had a pretty difficult week? So individual stocks, wow, they can really put the hammer on you. Absolutely. And the performance on the two, well, they're, all, they're almost identical over the long term. But guess what? The, the index fund slightly outperforms. Slightly. 855-935-TOM. Tom and Don are talking real money. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. 
Welcome back to Talking Real Money. Tom Cock here, Don McDonald over there. No, you I've, I've out? I've, I've, oh, sorry. Uh, he's doing an out of body thing. No. Give us a ring. We got the full half an hour here to answer your no, questions. We, and here less is than a half an hour. Oh, here's here's the, the nattering nabob in my less, ear. Less eight five five eight five five nine three five eight. Two five five. I think I got that right. T A L five five nine three five eight two five five. Okay, listen, my friend, you and your merry band of I bond bros almost brought the federal government to its knees this week. Oh my gosh! You follow like the this? Redditors. Yes, you got. <laughs> this yes, is bad Go man. My people, <laughs> you people. They so many people had to rush online. It's the only way you can do it uh, by going to uh, what is it? Treasury Direct. Yeah, treasurydirect.com. Yeah. It went down. It Woo-hoo. took the website. So many people wanted that 9.62 rate. 9.62 rate, which you and can't get it anymore. It's while too you're late, to isn't it? It's over. Oh. You had to do it by yesterday, by Friday. Sorry. Oh. So uh, now you have oh. to suffer with so sad. what's expected to be 6.5%. Still pretty good, but uh, you and your I-bond bros are going to have to find something new. What's wrong with six? <laughs> I don't know. What, what? I, just, I thought the whole thing was a giant silliness, but you know that already. I so. d- but that's only because you're an elitist. Oh, I guess. You're an elitist so. snob. <laughs> I, I don't even get a new car now. I'm an elitist. Yeah, but well, but you tried, and when you tried to get a car, you didn't try to get, like, you know, the Kia. No, you went for the Rivian. And guess what? Did you learn your lesson? Did you learn <laughs> your lesson? Uh... Huh? So, I bonds, yes, you can still buy I bonds, but you can no longer get the rate of 9.62. That has expired. You can get, as Don said, 6.4. So, now there let's, you go. let's just go back and talk a little bit about what an I bond is. For those of you who are going, well, I'd still take six. Remember, these are government bonds, they're savings bonds. They really are. They're savings bonds. It's the I. 30-year savings bonds. 30-year, but you can hold them for 30 years. Yes. It's not like a 30-year bond where you can't get no, your money not. out. You have to sell no, them a second No, you can get your money. You can sure. get your money out. Here's the deal. You can only put $10,000 per person in per year, although there's some really wacky rules about putting money in from your tax refund, but we're not going into those. You must, must, must leave the money for the for the full first year. You got to leave it there, no question. You cannot touch it for the first year. Two, for the next five years, next four years, for the five five years out, if you take it out, you lose three months of interest, which right now would be a lot, but could be in the future when inflation goes back to low numbers that it would be zero. So who knows? And that's the thing. It, it The rate resets every six months. It was months. zero not that long ago, right? It was zero not that no. long ago. And the, the it resets every six months. So um, that's all you need to know. You can go still go get them. You just won't get the higher rate um, at TreasuryDirect.gov. Th- this is one of those things 10 years from now. You're going to be talking about it like you talked about Pet Rocks. No. Oh, are you yeah. kidding? You're going to be like, eh, Pet uh, Rock, same thing. Chia, whatever the rest of that stuff You are an elitist. It's you think they're like nothing. something you pick up at Walmart because apparently to you, <laughs> apparently to you, $10,000 is chump change, Mr. Uh, it's money, a lot of money Bags. <laughs> it's a lot of money. I, All right. I, actually, no, we're not letting that go. We are not letting that go. I am going right now to log into my account. Uh-oh. Oh, oh, never mind. Treasury Direct is down. 
Yeah, I told you, you and I'd your merry down. band of Ibon bros took uh, it down. Gonna, I was going to go see how much money I've made, but it was I'm, I've oh. made I, I, on my now twenty thousand dollars. Had it a year, almost a year, right? Yeah, I've made like hundreds yeah. of dollars. Okay. Uh-huh. It's, it's serious. I think I made that in Friday in my stock and bond account, but okay, fine, whatever. Well, you know, but my stock and bond account is so far down. Oh, yeah, it's mine too. Aggressive. Mine too. My te- my treasury direct not down at all, only up. Can't go down. <laughs> like one of them fancy annuities, sir. No, it can't go down. <laughs> oh, pardon me. Cannot. All right. Should anyway, we go I want to get phone and help people. I'm just looking to see if we have time. Yeah, we'll have to hold Greg over, but let's get started. Greg, we'll get started and then we'll come back after the break. What's up? Yeah, are you talking to me, sir? Yes, sir. We're talking to you, sir. Excellent. What's yeah, um, I appreciate your time here and taking my call. My question is pretty simple. Do you know when um, brick-and-mortar banks like Chase and Bank of America are going to be raising their CD rates? <laughs> yeah, they're, yes, they already we do. did. We know they just did it. Some Wells Fargo, you can Wells get Fargo a, just did. Go to Schwab and get a, a, a brokered Wells Fargo CD for 4.5%. I, I don't know. I it's a go bank anything. by bank. I, are, can you guys still hear me? Yeah, hang on. We're going to talk more to you after the break because this is a topic we actually wanted to cover. So thank you for getting us into it. We'll be right back. 855-935-TALK. Tom and Don are talking real money. Your guide to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. We are talking with Greg on the phone about a topic we wanted to cover today. We just hadn't gotten to it yet, and that was the rising rates of CDs. Now, now, Greg's question was, when are the brick-and-mortar banks going to increase their CD rates? Well, or they, their oh, savings rates, by oh, the way. Oh, their savings rates haven't budged. Like, we're, we're, uh, I think my rate at Bank of America is still .01. I think it is, yeah. .01. That's yeah, when, zero. When prices for, are going up by nine percent a year. For all intents and purposes, that's zero. Not much. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. I'm looking at this. is very curious because we were talking about Wells Fargo. The brick and mortar branches of Wells Fargo, where I live, I use my zip code, uh, are paying up to about three percent. If you walk in the branch, yeah, these are special fixed rate CDs, five thousand dollar minimum, which is fine. You walk into the branch, you'll get that. That's okay. But here's a curiosity, Tom. You've got a rate from Schwab for a secondary yep. market CD. Yeah, brokered CD that they're offering at 4.35% on a one-year through Schwab. Now, why it would be more on a broker, in other words, Schwab selling this for them than it would be at their own branch. Yeah, I've never run a bank, so I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, but it's really interesting to see. Yes, the brick and mortars are far lower, Greg, than the on than the online or the the brokered CDs. Can you hear me? Yeah, we hear you. Oh, okay, yeah, uh, I'm looking at Wells Fargo CD right now at Bankrate.com, and yep. all they have here, all they have here, Don, is point three percent, twenty five hundred dollar yeah. minimum one year term. That's all I see at Bankrate.com. No, I, no, but I'm I, on I, Wells Fargo's. I'm on Wells Fargo's own site. And if you'll look on their site and just click on CDs, they have a 7 and a 13 month, which are called special rate special. CDs. Yep. They require mm-hmm. a $5,000 investment and the rates go up to the APY goes up to, um, seven months is 2.76 
and uh, twelve thirteen months it's three percent for someone who has a bank account with Wells Fargo. Otherwise, it's two point four seven and two point four two point seven one. Okay, I appreciate your help. I'm going to check on this. I'm planning on sticking with Chase or Bank of America, and perhaps I should not go to bankrate.com. When I walk in my local branches here in the south end of Seattle, uh, there's nothing. Uh, they no, Interest no. rates on CDs are nothing. No, and what I would suggest you do, because it is so easy to do now. It is so, so, so easy to do. Go to uh, uh, Schwab. And buy these yeah. secondary market CDs. They're the same thing. If you have an, do you have a brokerage account with anyone? No, no. But is this swab you're talking about? Is that FDIC? The banks, yes. The the sure. CDs are the FDIC. CDs? Yeah. Or or you could go to Capital One Bank online. Right now they're paying four point two five on a five year, four percent on a one year. Yeah, they uh, because Capital One is a totally a virtual online bank. I right. uh, personally don't trust them. You know, it's not brick and mortar. You know, they can just turn off your money. Yeah. I just don't get a. No, they can't. They cannot turn off your money. It is the, the the FDIC would absolutely make you whole. Absolutely make you whole. Same guarantees okay. as any other bank. Same guarantee. Yeah. I oh. I bank online. I've banked on. I have banked online literally for uh, over twenty five years. You're a bleeding edge guy. I am. So I've no banked surprise. online for more yeah. than 25 years. But, okay, uh, I really appreciate your thank help you. here. No. Yeah, right, but bear care. in mind, you can go get those brokered CDs from a brokerage firm. You can get them through Schwab or Fidelity or you know, E-Trade or, or any of those. That's right. Mm-hmm. And they'll be able to get you brokered CDs at a much higher rate through brick-and-mortar banks if you'd like. So check it out. Thanks, Greg. All right, hey. Eight- well, we lost him. Okay, 855-935-TALK is our phone number. And Linda, you're up. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Hi. Um, I had a question. I, I'm i a buy and hold person. And um, last year, T. Rowe Price Growth, TRGFX, they changed, they changed everybody's investment from that to a TRUFX, which is a TRP investment class. Um, I've called them a couple times on that, and they told me it, it was because it was cheaper for the shareholders to do that. And I was wondering if that is true or not, because it seemed like my taxes what was, went up quite a bit. This is in a 401k? No, it's just uh, outside. Regular broker? Individual. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What was the new yeah. symbol? What was the, what was the new fund symbol? T-R-U-F-X. T R U U F X F X P. No, that's P. not. P. Oh, P. P is in Paul. U. Paul. Yeah. T row price growth stock. Yep. Okay, that was. Okay, that has an expense ratio of 0.51. That's the one they moved you into, or that's the old one. The old one was P R G F X, and that one they just they just. Oh, they just wrote, they merged the two funds. They merge the funds. They do this all the time. They merge a bad or a bad fund into a good fund. They they sometimes get rid of the track record. They want to get rid of the track record of the old fund. Because T. Rowe Price is a group of actively managed mutual funds. 
and sometimes they don't do as well. And I'm guessing that may actually be the reason they they merge the this other fund into the the this the fund you have now to hide the performance. That this would be very typical okay. in the industry. It's yeah. real typical. And one of the reasons why they probably wanted to hide their performance is even this fund. Tom, do you know how much this fund is down for the year, year to date? Yeah. Uh, know, let me take a guess. 23%. 36%. Wow. So that really is big, big, big mega you companies. Need, you need to be in index <sighs> funds, Linda. Wow. That's harsh. you well, got to get out of T-Row Price. I do. I, I have a lot in just the 500 index fund. But I was wondering on this whether I should take some of this out or not. And I would take all of it out. Oh, wait. Okay. Well, which 500 index fund do you have it in out of curiosity? Uh, Schwab. Okay, you're at Schwab. That's great. But okay, you need right. you need broader diversification than just a 500 index or just a growth stock fund like this one. Which, by the way, this is this fund is almost identical to the S and P 500, except it's worse. It's yeah, because it's, it's dramatically. More Let me under- give you an example. Let me give you an example of why you need more diversification because this is fascinating. The S&P 500 now year-to-date is down a hair over 17%. That's pretty bad. I mean, that's difficult, right? But let's assume you're diversified into other asset classes. For example, U.S. small-cap value stocks, which most people don't own. I wish you had them, but they don't. That's down 3.8%. Not saying every year it's going to make more. It has made more over a long period of time. But you need to make sure you're weighting your portfolio to those other asset classes, which are an important part of sort of balance between big and small value growth, all those sorts of things. Yeah, and the other thing is, is this T. Rowe Price growth stock fund that you have only has 69 stocks in it. That is Uh, not well diversified. A lot of meta. They have their periods, but but by the way, I'm looking at its... I'm looking at its long-term numbers, and it generally underperforms the index. Throughout most of its history, it's underperformed the index. You would have done as well, maybe better, by just having, like, VT, the Vanguard Total World Stock Index. I think that would be a much better place for you. Tom and Don are talking real money. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. I was just later that T. Rowe Price Fund. Rivian is one of the big stocks yeah. in their portfolio. <laughs> can't uh, deliver with the stock price. Can't deliver I with the cars. Know. Can't I deliver. Hey, yeah. guess what? Last live class, maybe ever. <laughs> yeah, this is the call. So if you want to come and be part actually, of one, because yeah, next because Saturday, you know people That's don't it. go to live classes anymore. So we have we have over three hundred people signed up online. Online, unless. A tenth of that for in person. But come and see us. Paul Merriman and I will be in Bellevue talking about battling the bear. Sign up at talkingrealmoney.com. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time. So please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program 
program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap.